Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Hub Day, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Remember that uh, remember that commercial, Kelly, with the uh, it was one of my favorite all-time commercials with the uh, camel. Yes. What day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Geico, I think, wasn't it? Back right. in the day. Right. Great ad agency handles Geico for sure. Happy Wednesday to you. We're glad you're with us and uh, glad you tuned in for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee will be in, uh, joining us here shortly. He's down in New Orleans. Going to give us an update on the New Orleans Saints. We've got the NFL Power Rankings today. We've got the bottom 25 of college football. There'll be some familiar names in there for you. And uh, we'll be talking uh, probably a little bit about basketball and other things as well. Opening segment of the show today is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. A great place to enjoy food seven days a week. It's always good. It's always delicious. And it's a great place to call uh, if you want to cater uh, your next tailgate. Now, speaking of Dickie's, uh, fellas, uh, Dickie's and Fuzzy's Taco Shop are related. Uh, same ownership. And uh, we will be there the Friday before homecoming, a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, live from Fuzzy's Tacos. And... Uh, and then Kelly and uh, and Michael on the road tomorrow at Bocoma Casino. Yeah, looking forward to that. A uh, chance to rev up now the sports uh, betting scene on site, of course, and uh, talk about some of the provisions that they've got in place to make sure that everybody's safe, ready to get back to having some fun at Bocoma tomorrow. And, of course, it is a Rice Week. Uh, we're going to have J.P. Heath on the show tomorrow to give us a preview of the Owls. Jeremy McClain, athletic director at Southern Miss, what could be a really interesting uh interview this friday we're looking forward to talking to jeremy always look forward to talking to him but it's rice week guys and uh, we'll start with you luke uh golden eagles have a, a kind of a fresh start I, I thought a great analogy the other day was to just take the first four games erase them from your memory start season two which is your conference season and you start it uh, with the rice house we did not want to start one and three that's uh, kind of the one we reviewed the schedule that was kind of worst case scenario you knew you were going to lose to bama um and if you would have started zero and four you might as well have thrown in the towel but eagles one and three not where they want to be at the same token it is a way to forget and i think that's what will hall said yesterday um you know after competition tuesday he said uh, we've got hope uh, because it's a brand new season i mean you can look at the first four games of the season they ultimately don't matter in regards to a conference usa you know, run. Uh, but when you look at Rice uh, specifically, they're allowing their defense has been pretty bad. Now they have played three really good offenses, but even last week they gave up in the 30s to Texas Southern. They're allowing four almost 460 yards, and uh, a lot of that's on the ground. It's kind of an even split. They've allowed 232 in the air and 228 on the ground. So it's an opportunity this week for Southern Miss uh, to to work on the ground game and to take a little pressure off of of Ty Keys making plays with his arms, but I think he can do both, and so I'm excited to see what Will Hall really, other than grambling the first defense of the year where you can try to improve your running game. 
And I think those numbers are indicative of the fact that Rice's defense overall is indeed not good. Those numbers are almost, through three games, almost identical, running the ball and passing the ball against Rice. And what that tells you, obviously, most teams would like to establish a running game and then go to the pass. But the fact that the and, – and any coach, offensive coach will tell you, ideally – 50% of one, 50% of the other. And that is exactly what has been happening. So it tells me that teams have been able to do pretty much what they want to do against Rice. So that's, that's certainly reason for optimism going into this one Saturday. But the, the subtext of this game is that if they don't win it, if they don't win it, then you're, then you're looking at a whole different complexion for the season because the schedule, again, doesn't get any easier than these first couple of games in Conference USA going up against Rice and then a homecoming game against UTEP. Yeah, but I see UTEP's 3-1, and one, Kelly. Yeah, but, but now where Rice, in fairness, has played some tough ones like Texas and Arkansas, UTEP has not. They, they've played some real dregs uh, so far this year, which I think we've never used the word dregs. Dregs? On, on on I believe show. earlier, what was it you they, suggested the name for the Redskin organization would be what? <laughs> the Civs. The Civs, yes. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> They're pretty leaky. So, UTEP, UTEP's only really played Boise. They've they've right. beaten both of the New Mexico schools, which are typically perennially like in the – you're talking about the bottom 25, Bob. New Mexico's like in the bottom 10 by themselves with both of those teams. So they have played Boise. They lost 54-13 to 13 to Boise. So I, I still think – I mean, when I'm looking at this uh, – the schedule, because the, the way to attack it is you look at the first four, now you look at the next four. I think there's there's two very winnable games, maybe even three winnable games. Uh, October 16th, it's going to be a tough sledding against UAB, but who knows, if you went on the road this week, you get UTEP at home. I, I'm a little – I didn't mention this yesterday, but Dave Warner, who was the quarterback's coach on our 03 conference championship team, he's been at Michigan State uh, for the really last almost 10 years. Uh, when they changed coaches, uh, he, he had to find a new job. But he's the OC at UTEP with Dana Demmel. So, you know, they have potential. They're just implementing the first year. But I, I feel like Rice, UTEP, Middle Tennessee, certainly winnable games for the Golden Eagles. So you may look up and, and Eagles, you know, could, could possibly be uh, could be four and, and four. And who knows what might happen on October 16th. Well, that's an optimistic look, and uh, that's what we're hoping. Uh, that's what we're hoping. And, and Dana Demmel and Seth Luttrell – at North Texas, Dana Dimmel at UTEP, Seth Latrell at North Texas. There's no secret that those guys are coaching for their jobs. I mean, going into and this what year. what happened to Seth Latrell? He was one of the hottest names in coaching just a couple of years ago. And there's a difference between X and O coaches and coaches that, that can recruit. All right, so sometimes you get head coaches that are great recruiters, but not necessarily good X and O's guys, which I'm beginning to think – Matt Campbell is at Iowa State. I'm beginning to think that Matt Campbell is a really good recruiter, but not necessarily a good X and O guy. Then you might have some coaches that are really good X and O's guys, but not very good at recruiting. So what makes those coaches elite are the guys that can recruit and are good X and O guys. Ellis Johnson type coaches. Ellis Johnson, though this is the second time in one show that we've mentioned his name, and we're under contract not to do that. You, But defensively... A lot of people will say that X's and O's wise, he was he was decent, you know. But definitely, that's where the line you know stopped. Yeah. You um you you guys both got fined twice by the FCC <laughs> and by the Southern Miss fan base. Ellis is a what? It is a four letter word. No, it's a again. five letter word. I no, didn't I no, didn't use actually, the last name. Yeah, 
It's actually the E is one letter, the I is another letter, the S is a third letter, and then you add 12 L's in there, so it becomes a 15-letter word. Yeah, E-loss or, or whatever, you, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But, but, uh, but North Texas and UTEP are, are playing with some urgency this year, which, which makes the complexion of, the of those with, games different. Part of the reason with North Texas is Mason Fine was there, and, and I think that quarterback play really allowed – the coaching staff at North Texas maybe to be have more success than they would have otherwise. But it's, it's just hard to replace a dude like that. Yeah, and you, you go back to the Southern Miss years when Brett Favre was here. Curly Hallman, the head coach, gets hired at LSU, and that, that didn't work. And people were going, I just don't understand why that didn't work. Curly seemed to be this, this young phenom, this wunderkind you know, at Southern Miss and then goes and lays an egg at LSU. Well, the answer was very clear. He had Brett Favre at Southern Miss. Right. Right? And he didn't have – so the quarterback position is, is certainly very important. So what I think is so impressive about the job that Todd Munkin did here, he, he didn't inherit any – he inherited a mess, a bad mess. And uh, the progress that he made and the team that he put on the field the last year he was here, I would argue may be the single best coaching job we've seen at Southern Miss. That's reasonable. And he was a he was a joy to be around as a media person too. He was too. fantastic. He didn't yeah. I mean he told you exactly what was on his mind and if it hurt your feelings, it hurt your feelings. You yeah. know? Yeah, he was really fantastic. Would you agree with that, Luke? I just think that if you look at an individual job when you take what you had when you got here and what you did before you left, it would be hard to argue that Todd Munkin was right at the top of the list. Doubled his win total in year three from the wins he had in year one and in year two. And uh, and you could argue, too, it was his staff that really allowed Nick Mullins to bloom and blossom into the you know professional quarterback he's become. Right. Um, it was because, I mean, when, when you come in like that, I mean, they literally built the next four years around Nick Mullins. They threw him in there, you know, it was a, uh, and, and then he kind of spent half a year uh, injured but then really blossomed. And it would have been scary to see, you know, what that 16 team would have done with year four if no the perfect question. job would not yeah. have come up in, with Todd Munkin. No question. All right, we're going to find Patrick McGee coming up. We've got the NFL power rankings. Can you believe if there was a top 20 in the NFL, a top 20 poll that they put out in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals would be number 18 in the country? Who day, baby? Who day say going to beat them Bengals? <laughs> Which is a direct ripoff of the Saints Who Dat, of course. We'll be back. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you need to go to buy your Southern Miss apparel. Nowhere else. They're on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. You can shop them online at campusbookmark.net. Tell Miss Kathleen that the Eagle Hour said hello. 
All right, we're going to go down to Nolens, and that's where we find Patrick McGee now with uh, now with the newspaper organization in the city of New Orleans, and he's officially become our unofficial but official Saints update guy. Patrick, uh, the Saints rank 15th in the NFL power rankings, a little low, I thought. Uh, and, and the Saints are kind of a hard team to figure a little bit after three games. Where, where do you put this squad? Uh, well, I, I think they're better than 15. Uh, I, I think that defense really puts them as a you know a top 10 like team. Uh, defensively, they put you know they had a bad half I think at, at Carolina, then came in kind of shut things down. But overall, I mean, it's really been uh, if you add up all the quarters, they probably had you know what you know 10 dominant quarters. Uh, through three weeks as a defense, and they were missing a lot of guys against Carolina. Got some guys back against the Patriots just last week, and that showed uh, they really kind of handled them. Uh, so I, I think you know we haven't seen the best out of this offense yet. I mean, James Winston has yet to throw over 150 yards in a game. Uh, eventually, Michael Thomas is going to get back in the fold, and these next two games, if you look at them, the Giants and in, in, in Washington, those are two games that are pretty darn winnable. Uh, then you have the Seahawks. So I think this team, you know, is is, is perfectly capable if they play up to their uh, uh, expectations. They're, they're sitting at 4-1 and one here after five weeks. I, I want to ask you this. I want to kind of sidetrack you a little bit. You're right. The Saints beat the Patriots. And then after you answer this, we can go around the horn. Are we beginning now to see, or am I premature in making this assessment, that the secret – of the dynasty in New England was Tom Brady and not necessarily the coach? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a, a perfect situation. I mean, uh, Belichick knows what he's doing. Uh, he's able to build a good team uh, with, uh, you know, and around Brady and really have a competent squad in all areas, you know, special teams, offense, and defense. So it was kind of an ideal situation for Brady to come, in, come up, and he was always going to have a good team around him. Maybe not always dynamic. I mean, we had Randy Moss and guys like that he played with where they were just, you know, darn near impossible to beat. But when you think back over, you know, there haven't been a lot of really, really great receivers that, you know, had those, uh, they had that situation when Gronkowski and that other tight end that we won't mention his name. Uh, they were pretty darn good at that point. But overall, you know, Brady didn't have outstanding talent around him for the most part, uh, just aside from the occasional season here or there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Brady was really the centerpiece of everything. Uh, Belichick just really knew what he was doing defensively and able to, to build a franchise. But, uh, yeah, I would say uh, Brady is the player most or the person most that we have to credit most for what the Patriots were able to do. It was the GOAT, Kelly. See, I told you. Patrick agrees it was the GOAT. My mom always said <laughs> if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. I have nothing to say. The GOAT, Luke. It was the GOAT, wasn't it? Going back to the Saints, the more important team in this conversation, Patrick. Um, one thing that, that really is, I, I don't know the last time this happened, but when you look at how Sean Payton called plays, I mean, there was actually a, a picture of Sean Payton after one of Jameis' touchdowns. He was almost like smirking, just kind of looking off in the distance like, wow, can't believe we, we got that one. Saints ran 59 plays on offense. 38 of those were rushing plays. When's the last time Sean Payton caught a 64% uh, rush 36% pass game. Just seems wild to me. Yeah, it seems unusual, but I think Peyton, you know, coming in, knows Alvin Kamara is the best player on the football team. Or, you know, you know, and, and you really want your offense to kind of be centered around him. 
And uh, it's, it's you know, Jameis Winston had a great first week. It wasn't that it is explosive. I mean, of course, all the touchdown passes are great, but uh, like I said, he hadn't thrown for 150 yards yet. So he hasn't shown yet that he's somebody that you can really ride to a win. Uh, it's, it's, it is on Kamara, and once you get Michael Thomas back in the fold, maybe you'll see more in the passing attack. But uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, running the ball all season, not, maybe not to that extent. Uh, but, you know, if Winston starts to kind of struggle a little bit, I mean, he's thrown some wild passes the last couple of weeks. I mean, you could really kind of go back, and if, if he's confident that Taysom Hill can hold on to the football, uh, you're talking about a rushing attack that's going to be really uh, – an uh, uh, offense that's really going to be dominated by the run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we're going to see a lot of Alvin Kamara, and that's the right thing. So when does oh. Thomas when does Thomas realistically return? And kicker Will Lutz has been on the shelf too, and and Rosas, uh, you know, is is not as good as Lutz, frankly. Yeah, no, no, uh, Lutz. They need Lutz back. Uh, Thomas is just going to be kind of touch and go for a little while. Uh, he's somebody that's kind of unpredictable as a person, <laughs> so I don't really want to say a good week on when he's going to be back. Uh, but Lutz, they need him back pretty soon. And but I. You know, all impressions are this may be some of the stretch in the six or seven weeks. <laughs> That's not good. Well, Patrick, except you got uh, the Giants the, and Redskins next. <laughs> on the on the other side of the ball, um, you know, a lot of times you won't get out physical, or you want out physical a uh, Bill Belichick uh, team. I mean, they really forced the Patriots to throw the ball. Mac Jones ended up throwing fifty-one passes. That would be high even for for Brady. Mm-hmm. But they held the Patriots to forty-nine yards rushing. Um, and, and, you know, as long as you're, you're kind of doing that, you can, you know, kind of play a little more back in, in the secondary. I mean, that, that kind of bodes well for things to come. Certainly this week, the Giants are terrible. Uh, but, I mean, the, if the Saints can do that against the Patriots, you know, perhaps they can, uh, you know, some of these other teams, especially in the South, they can play a little better going forward. Yeah, there's really no sign of a weak spot on the defense. Uh, they're good in all phases. I think there was some concern coming into the season that the secondary could be a problem, but uh, they remedied that with just a couple of acquisitions there just before the season started. So really across the board, the Saints are uh, – Lattimore has played great. I mean, even come back after a week off after thumb surgery, he was really, really good at corner. Uh, it's That defense is really, really good. Uh, and, I, you know, they're going to stop teams up front. They're good on the defensive front. They're playing without Davenport and one or two other guys, and they're still really good there. So – uh, really, depth across the board is what makes this Saints team so good. I mean, you go down Armstead at left tackle, and you plug in Hurst, and he plays really well. Uh, there's really no one area on the on this team that there is no that depth is a concern. They really shored up the cornerback spot. Uh, so really, across the board, I you know I can't. This is one of those seasons where everything kind of fell into place in terms of depth. I'm not saying they're great at every position, but in terms of depth, they got options everywhere. All right, Patrick, you're the expert. Let's get your opinion. Here are the NFL power rankings. The one, two, three teams in the league. The Rams, the Bucks, the Packers. Your thoughts? Oh, no. Packers at three? No. I mean, no. The, 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 I wouldn't say that. Is that where they have them? I haven't yep. even looked at Rams, them. Rams, oh. Bucks, Packers. That makes no sense. Why would they have the Packers? You beat them by 35. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes no sense. Top ten are the are the Rams, Bucks, Packers, Bills are number four, Ravens are number five. They should maybe be one and two if they make the right call at the end of that game. The Chiefs at one and two, the sixth rated team in the league. 
The 49ers, the seventh rated team, yeah. don't get that. The Browns, the Raiders, and the Chargers are your top where, 10. Where did this come from, Bob? Like, what is this from the seventh grade science class? At, Whoever you know, makes the NFL lower. power rankings. Here are the bottom three guys. What do you think about this, Patrick? The Jets, the Jags, the Lions. Yeah, well, I feel bad for the Lions. This, I mean, they lost on a six-yard six field goal. I probably wouldn't even put them down that low. Right. Uh, yeah, I know they haven't been great, but the Jets are just just horrific. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I can't imagine a franchise franchise that's been as bad as they have. Well, you got I you mean, got you got two cities too that are talk about a tale of two cities. You got L.A. who have two terrific teams. The Chargers went into Kansas City last week and won. Of course, the Rams are number one in the power ratings. The Raiders. Yeah, well, the Raiders are in Las Vegas now, right? Oh, that's right. So you got that's the two right. L.A. teams that are at the top of their games, and you've got the two New York teams. The Jets and Giants are both full-fledged tire fires. Both, right. both of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, this is an odd poll, Patrick. Uh, the Saints, I agree, are far better than 15th in the league. How about the Cincinnati Bengals, the number 18 team in the league? I haven't had a chance to really watch them this season, but I keep seeing Joe. I'm, I'm a big believer in Joe Burrow. I think he's a very good quarterback. As long as they, you know, get the really skilled players around him, I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, kind of going back to the the era where they were consistently winning 10, 11 ball games a year. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the Bengals are, are a potential playoff team this season. And, and last question: We're about out of time. Are, have we seen the rise and now beginning to see the fall of the Chiefs, or is it too early to ride out Kansas City? No, they're fine. It's just you know this, you're going to have those early three games. You know, through three games, it's not a great in, indicator. I mean, you want to be two and one and not one and two, but I'm not. I'm not worried at all about the Chiefs. They'll run off six or seven wins at some point. And finally, Patrick, how is Blue adapting to his new environment there on Magazine Street? He he loves it. He just he he likes walking around the neighborhood here in New Orleans, and he he follows me everywhere in my apartment. I. I I've lived in like three different places since I've had them, and he's afraid I'm going to move out on them again, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Blue's in good hands. There's no doubt about the that. The wonder dog. Yeah. All right, Patrick, yes. thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. Great contributor to the Eagle Hour. All right, the bottom 25, Kelly. Not the top 25, the bottom 25. Of That's college next. football? College football's next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 4th Street brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Fried Catfish Friday coming up. Hey, I ate it last Friday. It was extremely good. Bob, again, missed out. But uh, it was really good for us. Kelly, Kelly, you got... It was the burger? The yeah, fourth the fourth street, burgers, the fourth street burger, yeah. And they cooked it to perfection. Now, being you know being raised in the Midwest, I know how beef is to be cooked. And they cooked it exactly the way it should have been cooked for its go. utmost taste. So it was great. One of the best lunches in the world, 895, comes with a drink every day at 4th Street. 
We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. And by the way, while we're talking, you can listen to the Eagle Hour anywhere. Of course, you can join us every day, 1 to 2, on Super Talk uh, Hattiesburg 97.3, Super Talk Laurel 99.3, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com. But if you miss us live, you can always go back and listen on demand. And, of course, we are on a plethora of podcast platforms. There you go. That's your triple P for the day. Hmm. Plethora of podcast platforms. platforms. Hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find our numbskulls on there anytime, us running our mouth on demand. And uh, if you don't like it, you can just, you know, fast forward. If you don't like something Kelly says, you can just, you know, go to the end of the the episode and and, uh, see what tomorrow's is. Anyway, we are on a plethora of podcast platforms. There it is for the last time. Check us out. We appreciate everybody, of course, listening um, to the Eagle Hour and uh, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Guys, I want to tell you, I got a uh, a, a, a fiber or internet upgrade yesterday. Houston was in the show or was in the studio. I, c- I couldn't do the show live here. But I don't think that I think this echo that I've been dealing with or this delay that I've been dealing with for like three or four years, it's gone. Well, like it's it's absolutely amazing because I have to like continually. Try to jump ahead and and uh, try to you know if I'm going to interject like I do it a second, but it's gone today. And uh, man, I hope this. Oh stays. yeah, well we had Houston here and George here, the two telesouth engineers. We had Caleb Hamill here, is basically an engineer. There was nothing in the building we couldn't fix yesterday, Kelly. But well, nothing, nothing broke until they left. Well, that's not true. Scary Gary was here. And Scary he, Gary He's was beyond here. fixing. You know? Yes, and he sat in <laughs> with us the last segment. It was great to see Scary Gary. Hey, Luke, are, are you starting a poll question today? Have you got a – because I'd like it's to – It's up, yeah. Okay. We've got a poll question now on the uh, the Eagle Hour Twitter profile page, at USM Eagle Hour, and, and what it is. Already had uh, five votes so far. It's only been up like three minutes. What conference do you want to see Southern Miss in? Uh, and we've got several options. Of course, Sunbelt, the AAC, Stay in Conference USA, or, man, let's go back to the old school days of, of being independent. That's not a viable option. We just threw it in there for, for fun. But what conference do you want Southern Miss in? Paul will be up for a couple days. Interesting to see uh, what, you, uh, what you say. That's on the Super Talk Eagle Hour Twitter page. All right, before we get to the bottom of 25, let me, let me mention something that was brought to my attention this morning. Uh, we didn't talk about it in any great detail, but there was some concern about baseball player Gabe Montenegro uh, with some visa issues, of course. He, you know, is, is Being able to stay in the country. Correct. Well, it's my understanding that after a very fearful time that there was some concern that he might not be able to uh, get a visa to come back to the United States. It's my understanding that got cleared up yesterday. Oh, great. And it does appear that Gabe is on his way yes. back to Hattiesburg and on his way back to uh, – uh, well, he'll go into the season as probably the preseason MVP of the team. So, I mean, uh, this is really good news for baseball if, if this is true. And, and look, it was it was really tenuous. It as, was really tenuous. Yeah, whether he was – there was a, a legitimate shot that he was not right. going to be able it to was, come back. It was really so, tenuous, yeah. yes. All right, uh, bottom 25 of college football, Kelly and Luke. Well, you want me to start at the top, the worst teams, yes. or you want me to start at number 25? No, let's go Let's go to the 25 and then the, end up at the worst team. All right, the uh, the bottom five are number 25, and then I'll, I'll give you these segments you guys can comment on. Two and three, Hawaii, the worst team in the country. Number 24, Conference USA proudly announces that Florida International is the second worst team in the country. 
Colorado, number 23. Tulsa, number 22. Miami of Ohio, number 21. Fellas, any surprises there? Yeah, I, I mean, Hawaii's won two games. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, that's that's really surprising. So so hold on. We're going 25 is like the 25th worst team, and we're working our way down to number that's one correct. is the absolute worst. That's, okay. correct. that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Right. I'd see, I would have FIU lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have them way lower than that. All right, here we go. 20 through 15. And again, now we're working toward the worst. Toward the worst. Number 20, Washington State. Cougars out of the Pac 12. Get this. Number 19, South Florida. Number 18, USM. Number 17, North Texas. And number 16, Texas State. Texas State out of the Sun Belt. Two Conference USA teams together. What I'm surprised is we haven't heard Old Dominion yet. Correct. Uh, are you surprised that USM would be number eighteen, Luke? No, I mean you're one in three with two losses to a Sun Belt team. I mean, right. The point is we have the poll right where we want them because we will be moving out this week after we went on the road. South Florida kind of really, really, uh, as far as how much they've tanked the last few years and what they've done this year, they got blown out by an unranked NC State team. They got shellacked by Florida. They beat Florida A and M. They actually played better against uh, BYU. Um, and but but you know what they're going to get killed this Saturday. They've got uh, Garrett Riley's offense at SMU, who you know beat beat La Tech. They'll probably get shellacked again. But South Florida, an American team that low, is kind of surprising. This is the shocker of all. Number fifteen in the worst in the bottom twenty-five, Florida State University, zero and four. Vanderbilt, number fourteen. Arizona, number thirteen. Three Power Five schools right there. And then two uh, schools, I believe, Kelly, I'm right, uh, that this is the Sun Belt, Arkansas State and Georgia Southern. That's correct. Georgia Southern, of course, made a coaching change. Chad Lunsford was uh, was fired this week, so they're in the market for a coach right now. What about Florida State, guys? Number 15 in the bottom 25. How far the mighty have fallen. Unbelievable. And it was, it was how, you know, they almost beat Notre Dame to start the season. And uh, they they played Louisville within eight. The one that surprised, see, I thought Arizona would be lower than that. They have the nation's like longest. I think it's like at sixteen games now, the longest losing streak in the country. And so, if you've got that, I, I don't see how they're they're treading water at fourteen. I thought they should be in the top ten. All right, here's ten through five. Number ten, Kansas, one and three, perennially terrible in football, great in basketball. Number nine, Ball State. Number eight, this week's USM opponent, the Rice Owls, the number eight team in the bottom 25. New Mexico State, number seven. At Kelly, I'm sure you know the nickname of Akron. Uh, they're the sixth worst team in the country at one and three. The Zips. I knew it. Z-I-P-S. How is Akron not in the, bo- in the bottom five? They are <laughs> well, they almost horrible. Are. <laughs> they, almost they, beat, are. they beat Bryant. Like, who is Bryant? Correct. Like, where does he live? <laughs> they got beat. They got beat by fifty by Auburn. They got blown out by terrible Temple, and then they got beat by fifty-two by Ohio State. Yeah. Who is Bryant? Yeah, like that. That's the only like Akron should be in the the bottom five for sure. Rice one and three. That's a little unfair, I think, because they lost three games to pretty good teams. Yeah, I can, I can see the argument. We're going to find out a lot this Saturday, aren't we? Out. All right, guys. Here are the bottom five, and there's not a win amongst these teams. Not one single win. They are. Well, these five teams are 0-18 on the season. Number five, and it almost seems shameful to say this, the Naval Academy. Number four, UNLV. 
number three, UMass, number two, UConn. Would anyone want to venture what is the worst college football team in the country? How is it not UConn? Or UMass. I don't I don't know. Ohio University. Ah. Yes, yes. It, it, are they not coached by the former coach at Nebraska? And haven't they been pretty good? Frank Solich. Uh, is he not there anymore? I think he may have retired last year. I think he retired last year, yeah. yeah. So Navy's 0-3, UNLV is 0-3, UMass is 0-4, UConn is 0-4, Ohio is your uh, worst team in the country this week at 0-4. UNLV almost beat Fresno State last Thursday, though. I mean, they, they, they had the lead going into that fourth quarter. So, um, Well, yeah. I think a win over Rice gets us out of this poll. Would you agree with that? The no. very least. Yeah. The Ohio Bobcats did lose to Duquesne. Is that how you say it, that really smart school? Yeah, Duquesne. Yeah, they lost to them 28-26. to Interesting about Navy, Navy almost beat Houston. They've only played three games. You know, they fired their offensive coordinator after they lost to Air Force, which kind of rarely happens at the service academies that that happens like midseason. But it, it has at Navy, and, you know, that, that staff's been there for a while. Yeah. I may have them a little higher. I mean, how is if Navy played Akron, Navy would beat Akron. Right. I mean, I don't understand how you have have you have that. Well, I though. think to me the shocker though is Florida State, zero and four. How how can a team with with access to that many great players, that kind of money, that and, kind of history, be this bad? And honestly, they probably shouldn't be that far down. But it's human nature to want to kick a guy while he's down. And right. Florida State was on top for so long. That people got sick of them, and now they're going, welcome to the real world, Florida State. Enjoy it while you're down here, because we're going to keep you down here as long as we can. Luke and I remember playing Florida State in, like, sub-Arctic weather over in Shreveport, Louisiana. That was a fun day, right, Luke? It was, and when Buster yelled out about Edo Smith and started cheering for him right in the middle of the press box, Go, I ran the other way. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Way back in May, I ran a 5-240 with the help of D-Bat and D-1 training in Hattiesburg. Kelly witnessed it. Bob heard about it. But D-Bat and D-1 get all the credit. <laughs> they can help you too. DBATHattiesburg.com on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. First Bank been there over a century for Mississippi there for you. And, of course, the home of the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier. First Bank, our studio sponsor here for the Eagle Hour. Announced today some uh, Southern Miss volleyball home matches will be on the ESPN networks in October this coming weekend when the Lady Eagles host UTSA. ESPN Plus will broadcast both matches at 6 p.m. on Friday and 12 p.m. on Saturday. And then uh, when they take on Louisiana Tech, 
uh, October 29th and October 30th. Both of those will be on ESPN Plus. So uh, Lady Eagles getting some coverage. Men's basketball opening uh, practice yesterday. Coach uh, Jay Ladner saying that you will see this team play with more pace. Uh, offensively and defensively, they're going to practice a little over a month before they welcome Delta State on no- November the fourth for uh, an opening exhibition game to uh, to kick off the season. And guys, how about men's golf? They have had three tournaments. They went out to Louisiana, went up to Washington, and this uh, a couple yesterday they finished up in Winston Salem, North Carolina, at the Old Town Club Collegiate. Two of the three tournaments, the Golden Eagles have finished in the top three. Yesterday, uh, going against uh, some big-time programs like Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia Tech, Penn State, SMU, the Golden Eagles finish second out of 15 teams. They place four of their golfers in the top 35. Two of their golfers, Bryce Wilkinson and Hunter Atkins, who was on the Eagle Hour last week, both of those guys finish in the top four. Hunter Atkins uh, finishes third overall. He shoots a 10-under. Also, Bryce Wilkinson shoots a 9-under. Coach Brescher, we salute you, sir. Two out of the first three tournaments, uh, the the men's golf finish in the top three. They'll uh, practice and get ready for the Wolfpack Intercollegiate hosted by North Carolina State uh, in a couple weeks, October 16th and 17th in Raleigh, North Carolina. Well done, golf team. Well done. And I think what we should do, Luke, is is a a golf clap for the – yeah. Shh. Yeah, that's right. Hold up we the would, sign. This is because we would never make it at a golf tournament. We would be talking far too much. All right, Kelly. NFL news. Uh, Southern Miss kind of kind of surprising. Uh, Jamie Collins. He's not in Detroit anymore. He is not. The Detroit Lions uh, officially released Jamie Collins yesterday, and you have to really kind of peel this back a little bit to try to figure out what's going on. Jamie Collins, who by all accounts uh, can still play, still a really good player. Uh, had had a, a big contract with Cleveland, didn't last there but a couple seasons, then went back back to New England, all right, didn't last a very long time, then goes to Detroit and gets cut again. And, you know, different different sources out there just saying that, uh, that, that apparently there's just some locker room issues uh, that other players are saying about Jamie Collins, that he's not, he's not necessarily uh, the teammate that, that they want to see in their particular locker rooms. Uh, the Lions, you know, last week were saying, you know, look at how the Detroit defense played two weeks ago, and then this past week they nearly beat the Ravens, and that was a team without Jamie Collins. And I think when they found out how well they played without Jamie, I think that's when they decided to let him go. So we hope that he's, you know, that he's okay personally. He's a Southern Miss guy and, and will always be. And certainly you can't take away from what he's done in the NFL. But, but for whatever reason, just finding difficulty – uh, staying in a, in a place very long. We hope whatever those issues are, and they get cleared up. Just to show you, I mean, the the Lions basically then are eating his entire 2021 20, salary, which he will have played 16 games for uh, for the Lions, and apparently the Lions are paying him his full salary. So, Bob, he will make, in 16 games in the NFL, he will make $20 million. That's pretty good work if you can get I, I should have played professional football. That's what I should have done, Kelly. What, and take the pay cut from Super Talk? Yeah, I should have. You know, I should have. <laughs> hey, here's, a, here's another great uh, story real quickly. Apparently a reporter had some kind of off, you know, some sort of joke. I don't think it was malicious, but made fun of Coach Will Hall's heavy – southern accent and here was coach hall's response 
I am what I am. I'm proud of what I am. So he's a proud Mississippian who makes no apologies for his southern accent. And I say good for you, Coach. Baby. To the top, baby. And, and we, we love you, Will Hall. And we've got two senators just like that other guy does. <laughs> so Correct. Correct. You can make fun of our state all you Where want. Where was he from? Was it was he eating caviar in Rhode Island when he said that? I mean, Probably. He didn't even a Dupont know the circle between reporter. cover two or cover uh, three. These are the same people that think horse reins are whips. I mean, so you don't really pay much attention uh, much attention to what they think. All right, Kelly and Michael at Bocoma Casino in Sandersville tomorrow. We're also going to have JP Heath from Rice University on the show. Give us a preview of the Owls. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean on the Eagle Hour Friday. And we've got our Twitter poll that's up right now. And what is that again, Luke? Super Talk Eagle Hour at USM Eagle Hour. Already got 15 votes uh, right now. Nobody wants to stay in Conference USA. (laughs) Nobody. All right. Luke will have the results of that tomorrow. We hope you'll join us then, 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.